great to be back with the family of God. I love this family. You might not see that. <laughs> you might not see my actions to that, but I, honestly, it's true. And uh, I love that, you know, I've been coming here now for 21 years, and it changes, 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 changes all the time. But I'm, God loves you. I love you. And I know that I'm loved by you. That's, the, that's what family is. But family can be tricky. Yeah? Families can be mixed up in every way, that means. And uh, sometimes we have to go through tricky times. And, and that's the challenge. And, and I don't know about you. I think Janet said it before. Um, Janet said it before. I don't know how people get through without God. I don't. I, I, I do not know. I have to lean on Jesus 24-7. Sometimes I don't, but there we go. So I've got a tricky subject today, and I'm a bit nervous. I'm kind of like, and I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. Not nervous about what I'm delivering, but just nervous about how it's received. And because I'm talking about judgment. Just let that hang there for a second. <laughs> So I've got to be careful because I'm not talking about this kind of judgment. I'm not talking about God's judgment. I'm not talking about end times. I'm not talking about judgment in terms of um, how God judges us. I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about how we judge each other. And there is a reason for that, and I'll go into that in a minute. But I want to pray first. And then I've got a little fun video because as I was going through this, I thought, okay, that came across this little video that I, I, I loved it. This relationship between the mother and the daughter just really touched my heart. And, and the, please don't diagnose every lyric in this song because you'll be disappointed, okay? So don't analyze it as if it's the word of the Lord, the whole lyrics. It's not. But there is a bit in it that I believe God wants to do today. And it's about our hearts. To each other to him, him to us, and how we relate as a family. Is everybody ready for that? Yeah. Go on, Josh. I hope it works, Lord. Okay, can I just say something crazy? I love crazy. All my life has been a series of doors in my face, and then suddenly I bump into you. Searching my whole life to find my own place And maybe it's the party talking Or the chocolate fondue But with you But with you I found my place I see your cease And it's nothing like I've ever known before It's an open
marry me? Can I say something even crazier? I love that. <laughs> Don't you? I, I uh, just absolutely love it. I just love the way she's just so happy, the, the little girl, but the mum, you know, it's just amazing. But it reminded me straight away. Oh, let's start again. I'm going to pray. <laughs> That'd be good. I believe the Lord really does want to touch our hearts this morning and bring healing. He also, I believe, does want to, he does demand a response. And I don't, that mean, that doesn't mean today, this morning necessarily, but it could do. But he's going to demand a response from me and from you in what I believe that he wants to deliver. But it is about opening our hearts to him, not to me, but to him. And I think that's been sung today. So Father, I just thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, you are good. You always have good things to us. Sometimes the medicine can taste horrible, the pill can be too big, whatever, but it's good for us, Father. So Lord, I, I just pray over everybody's heart today. I pray your love, your protection, God. Lord, would you, any word that's not of you from me, Lord, if we just cast it to the ground right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we take authority over the atmosphere in this place and we say, enemy, you get lost in Jesus' name. And we just ask that your kingdom come, Holy Spirit. Would you come and do what you want to do this morning? Amen. Okay. So that song, I mean, I, just to put it in context, I've been in America, Florida, been to Disney. So there could be a couple of Disney references, which is fine. We went to uh, the Missionary Ventures conference. For those that don't know, me and Susan work for Missionary Ventures. And it was brilliant. So the, it was the, it was the, what they call, every, Americans always call things the world. Yeah, because it's, but it's the world conference. And there was missionaries from all over the world. And everybody shared the stories of different places all over the world. And it's amazing because you hear how the gospel is going out across the world. You are not on your own. You are not the only family that exists. You are not the only people that kind of, have got this. You're not on your own. God is with you, but there is a massive family out there. And the beautiful news is, it's all different. It's this, this perspective that we have in our culture that we live in, and which is fantastic, by the way. I'm not dissing it. It's not the same as it is in Kenya, Africa, Mozambique, all those different places. And we can say, well, I know that. But when we talk about judgment as we go through this, We've got to be aware that we can't know every perspective because it's too wide a spectrum. So the least we need to do is humble ourselves and say, I don't know, if you don't know. That there is a possibility that we don't know. Is that possible? So Josh, so Josh... I use the New Living Translation, and I've done that thing where I write my scripture out on my piece of paper, so I can't change mine, and I'm not going to, but it's going to be the New International Version up there. So, um, can you, Revelation 3, verses 20. Oh, here you go. Mine says, look, this is Jesus speaking, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. If you're a believer today, you've kind of already done that, haven't you? You've opened the door to Jesus. 
and you've let him in and he says, I stand at the door and I'll eat with you. And that's what that relationship is. As we're born again and we come into relationship with Jesus, we share life together with him. Correct? If, if you're an unbeliever, or if you don't believe in Jesus, that's the best way of putting it, if you don't believe in Jesus, Jesus is God, but he isn't your God, you're your God. That makes sense? And how many people know that a believer can accept Jesus, but there can be still be areas where you're still God of your life and your heart? Does that make sense? So this morning, I want you to know that God is love. He stands at the door of your life, your heart, and he knocks and he says, I've got, I want to come in. And you have a choice or a response to that to say yes or no. And I can guarantee you, if you don't know Jesus and you say yes to him this morning, that's going to be the best decision you ever make in your life. Will it be easy? Not necessarily. Will it be amazing? Yes. Will it be the biggest adventure you've ever been on? Oh, yeah. How many people know adventures have massive difficulties? Yes. I used, to, my, I used to live my life the safest way possible. Anybody else? Man, but with Jesus, whew, every day's scary. <laughs> but you feel the fear, you get in with him, and you go. Sorry, I'm, I'm digressing. So to go on to this subject about judgment, I want to remind us who we are, who Christ is and who we are. So Jesus, and we've shared, it's been sung this morning, Jesus is God. He's, he died, he rose again, and he lives supreme in charge over everything. He is God. He is supreme. You are his idea. Who knew? So I want to read it from Scripture. Now, it's a long one, and Susan always tells me, don't do a long Scripture. But I... No, today it's a long Scripture. If you've got your Bibles, bring it out. It's Colossians 1, verse 15 to 23. Are you ready? It starts up in my version. It says at the title, The Supremacy of Jesus Christ. And it says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Paul's brought it this morning. He created everything. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him, we sung it, and for him. He, 
He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. So Jesus holds all creation together, and we think we can understand every single thing about him. Wait a minute. It must be bigger than my brain. Just, 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 just. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. That's us. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. This, this blows my brain now. So for God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ, human body. Wait a minute. The whole, the fullness of God was pleased to live in a human body. I know, I know, we get it, don't we? We understand it. It's just amazing. It was pleased to live, and through him, through Jesus being born, living, dying, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are, are you ready? Are you ready? My, my, I'm going to be honest with you, New Living Translation for me says this better than that one, but that's just my opinion. As a result, he has brought you, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Now, now if we think about that for a second, that's a godly judgment isn't it? That God judges us holy and blameless and without a single fault right now. So if you want to talk about God's judgment, that's good news right there. I should just stop preaching, sit down. Seriously. I'm getting to that point where you should just read the Bible and then sit down. And there you go, the next line. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. This is the gospel right here. You are not holy and blameless and without a single fault because of anything you've done or not done. You are holy and blameless and without a single fault because of what Jesus did on the cross. Don't drift away from the assurance you receive when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed to as God's servant to proclaim it. That's good news, isn't it? So right now, you are holy and blameless. You are saints in his kingdom. 
when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, he takes you from the kingdom of darkness and puts you in the kingdom of light. So put your hand up if you believe in Jesus. Woohoo! Oh, careful. <laughs> yeah, that didn't hurt. Good. Um, and I wanted, that's the context of everything. That's the new covenant. That's why we do communion. That's why we come together. That's why we're called his body. That's why we do all these things. Because we, whenever you read your Bible, you need to read it from the place that I'm a saint and forgiven and holy. So otherwise you could divide the, the word of God wrongly if you think anything else. Does that make sense? To some it, I don't, yeah. That's why when you listen to somebody speaking like you listen to me, you need to listen to it from that place of I am wholly blameless without a single fault in God's eyes because of the cross. Not, I, can't, I can boast in the cross and I will preach Jesus, hopefully, till I die and what he's done for me. I'll be forever thankful because I can't achieve that and neither can you. Neither can anybody, and that is good news, because God, and this is the thing, this is what I'm saying, Jesus is God, because he's God, who chose to, all his fullness, come into a body of Jesus, the born of Mary, even Christmas becomes special. Sorry, that's, I love Christmas, but you know what I mean. That's the incarnation, that's the good news, the good news happened then. That's why the angels and everybody had a big party. Anyway, I digress. So this morning, God, Jesus is God. If he's, you don't believe he's God, you're your own God. Are we okay with that? So when I was... Um, when I was kind of preparing it, and this is how it happens, preparation I find... Very difficult to speak. It's a nightmare. It's just horrible. It's like, it's like you, for me, it's like you live it, you're learning it constantly, it's happening to you, and then you're supposed to somehow get it in an order on a piece of paper, which does help, even though that is alien to me. Get it out and then bring it out and deliver it. It is painful. I'm not, I'm not being, that's just how it is in every way. But as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, I was reminded of a picture that God gave me just before Christmas, and I wanted to share it today. It was for me at the time, but I feel to share it. It might be for you personally, it might be for everybody, I don't know, but I'll share it. And um, I was at a lake, quite a big lake, it was in Scotland, and the sun was setting and I was on my own, that doesn't matter, but I was on my own in Scotland, the mountains were in the background, it was gorgeous, it had been a sunny day but it was now a bit cold, it was a bit windy, the sun was setting and I said, Lord, I really need to hear from you, what are you saying? And about the future, do you know like, you know, like a little bit about what, you, what do I need to hear to make the next step, does that make sense? And he said, and I felt him say this, and this was really important for me, it's not a, a storm, this is important, a storm is not coming. I was like, yes! Because he's told me a couple of times that a storm's coming, and I've not liked it. <laughs> so, a storm is not coming, but it's going to be a little bit choppy. So, you know, I'm looking at the water, I'm thinking, well, that's not too bad. Choppy. 
I can deal with that. Um, and, you know, as I've shared this, people have given me other parts of it. It's a new day setting, so it's a transitional time. Yes? Yeah? Sun's coming down. In this tr transitional time, it's going to be a little bit choppy for you. Yeah? I like it when God tells me that, because I go, okay, I can expect something, and I can pray about it, and I can just see what's going on. And, and somebody added, and what happens after a sunset? Sunrise. So it's about a new day, a new thing, etc., etc. And I believe that's for some people here, individually. The, it's not a storm that's coming. And I believe God's given me this word today because it's not a storm that's coming. It's just going to be a bit choppy. And while it's a bit choppy, we need to look how we love each other and how we judge each other. Is that fair news? Yeah. Does that make sense? Funnily enough, two days ago, I'm watching TV and it's in America and they're on a boat and they're saying it's a bit choppy, but it was like this. I'm thinking, whoa, that's not the choppiness I had in mind. <laughs> so I think there's two things about this. One, choppy can be quite choppy, <laughs> very choppy, or it can be English, Scottish choppy. You know, so there is. But there's another part of it. How choppy do you want to make it? Or how do I choppy I want to make it? And I think we can make this really choppy, or it could just be choppy. We could even make it a storm when it isn't one. That makes sense? Okay, where do I go? Okay. I feel like that was a long way to get to the point. <laughs> Me neither. No. <laughs> that is happening all the time. Yeah. No. That was Saint Siri. That keeps happening so many times, inappropriately. Saying, but saying the right things as well. Anyway. So we're talking about judging, and we're talking about judging each other in the body. So I'm not talking about righteous judging, because I do believe there is such a thing as a godly judgment. And actually, it probably happens in the church. We're called to judge things and judge situations. But to me, a godly, if I keep it simple, a godly judgment restores, builds up, um, helps relationships, ungodly judgment wants to kill, destroy, first of all, you, then the person it's about, then the people you want to get with you, and then there's always fallout with people. And that's what ungodly judgment wants to do. So I'm asking this morning, if we'll open our hearts to the Lord, because we don't go searching for this. Does that make sense? We don't go, oh, who am I judging now? Oh, who am I? Because it'll just drive you bonkers, yeah? What you do is you say, Lord, is there anything or anyone I'm holding judgment against? And then when he shows you, you're going to have to bring that to the Lord. You're going to have to bring that to the cross, bring that to the table, however you want to do that. And ask it, and you're going to have to, are you ready for the Disney, let it go to him. Yes. Let it go to him. So basically, this morning, I believe that God is knocking on our hearts. And there are areas of judgment that we have made we don't even know. 
And he's saying, will you let me in to deal with that judgment because of one thing? It's causing you pain. And that pain keeps happening and happening and happening and happening. And Jesus wants to stop that pain. And he wants us to recognize the judgment, repent, turn away from that judgment, choose. You know, this is amazing, this. You know you can choose not to be offended. I didn't know that. (laughs) You can choose. People go, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. But have you, come on. Let's get real here, right? You know what it's like when somebody says something to you? It's usually people you really love, you're the closest to, and there's this button that goes boom. Oh, no, just me. No, you know what I mean? And I think that's pain. Now, we can choose to live with that pain, or we can say, Lord, and I'm not saying necessarily that God takes everything away instantly. I think we go on this journey, but we can choose not to be offended. We can choose to forgive, and we can choose to see people wholly blameless and without a single fault. Because the problem with judgment is basically it's pointing the finger. Sorry. (laughs) It's pointing the finger and saying it's your fault, and you don't take any responsibility for the situation. So... Does that make sense? And I don't think God wants us to live like that. He wants us to live free, full of joy, seeing the best in people, judging in a godly way. So for, right. We went to Costco the other day. It happened to Sue. I was just packing the thing. And um, so, so in the, who's been to Costco? There's always a massive queue of people in there. Massive queue people, you go in there to spend a tenner, it costs you about 100 times more, yeah? Um, We're at the, I'm putting the, Susan's dealing with the bill, the guy's doing the checkout, and there's the, the guy on the checkout says to the other checkout person, have you seen, have you seen, I'm going to call him Richard, have you seen Richard over there, the manager, He's got jeans on and he's got his hands in his pocket and he's walking around. And it's not a very good image that he's giving for a manager, is it? <laughs> now, can anybody see the 15 flaws in this? <laughs> Poor manager. Like, so so if, I'm, if I don't like managers, if I hate managers, I've had a bad experience of managers... I could view and judge that situation going, yeah, you're right, I bet he is an ass. I bet bet he is. (laughs) (laughs) I bet... (laughs) I bet he is an aardvark. (laughs) I'm really sorry. If that offends anybody, I apologise. I'm just getting into it. So, so... (laughs) (laughs) I'll be back, I'm going. (laughs) Um, <laughs> oh dear, thank you for your laughter. Um, I'll repent, don't you worry about that. I'll deal with that. <laughs> so, if I don't like managers, yeah, I could judge that situation and go, 
Yeah, I bet they're right. And come away and been influenced as a customer that actually I bet the management here is rubbish. Correct? That to me is what I call fallout out of people's judgment, which leads to criticism, which leads to relationship breakup. Yeah? This guy is looking for friends to agree with him, isn't he? That's what happens with wrong judgment. It, it looks for friends. Ungodly judgment looks for friends and says, who will agree with me? And if I can do it jokingly, that's even better because then people will laugh and, you know, can join in. Do you get what I mean? <laughs> Can't get over the... Right, just, so, so... Um, I don't, think I, pro- I don't think I pronounced my S. I've got to be honest. <laughs> so, um, get on with it. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Uh, Nobody's judging you. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have to go and see the elders if there's a problem with the preach. Oh, where? <laughs> right? So this, this guy is looking for friends. And that's what ungodly judgment does. It looks for friends. And it finds them. Because there's always elements of correct judgment in that ungodly judgment. Correct? It's also, obviously, I don't know this guy. And this is what I'm trying to to get to. Ungodly judgment tries to look for the motives. We have got to just stop looking for motives. And judging motives. You cannot judge my motives. I cannot judge your motive. I would say only Jesus can judge motives. So if we constantly want to dig, why are they doing that? Why, why, why? We are digging for motive. And we just just stop. Don't do it. Does that make sense? So even me looking at this, I don't know, but maybe this guy's been hurt by this manager. (laughs) Maybe he wants his job. Maybe he's jealous. I don't know what it is, but he's not happy that this guy's got jeans on, he's got his hands in his pocket. Is that a correct judgment of the manager? It could be. It could be. The policy might be he's not supposed to walk around with his hands in his pocket and jeans on. So, So he's making a correct judgment, but he's not handling it very well, is he? And that's what I would call and it happens in church, an ungodly judgment, whereby you've seen something that's correct, but then how do you handle that judgment? So what should he do? He should, if he doesn't feel confident because he doesn't like, or for whatever reason, doesn't feel confident with this manager to speak to him, he needs to speak to a superior privately, correct? And deal with that judgment and just say, look, da 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 He doesn't have all the perspective of that manager, does he? I don't have all the perspective of your life. You don't have all the perspective of my life. I don't have all the perspective of... Try not to be... Just go past those political... Whoever. I don't have the whole perspective. So I've got to be very careful that I don't judge motives without facts. Da, da, da. But then there's a way to handle it. And I believe it's bringing it before that person truthfully. That is very difficult. If that doesn't happen... Bringing it, to, or bringing it to eldership or leadership, whatever you want to say, and say, look, this is what feels happening, etc. Does that make sense? And all that is very clear in the Bible. I'm not going to go through it, but there's a way of handling that kind of thing. Hmm. 
if we talk about, just briefly, just talk about how Jesus judges the world and the people in the world, the people that haven't accepted him, well, he doesn't, does he? He says, I came to save the world, not judge it. And that should be our godly judgment too, that we're called to reach people and love people and not judge them. We're living in a very strange age where we've got what we call identity politics, where we like to group people in groups, and we can't do that as the body of Christ. We can't do it. It's in, it we, just, we have to look at it, people as one-on-one, one-to-one, love the one. I'm not saying you'll just reach one. You might reach the whole family, but you cannot put people into groups and judge whole groups based on that. That is huge. Sorry. Okay, so scripture, Matthew 7. Jesus puts it way straighter than I'm putting it. (laughs) Are you ready? He says this. Well, my title says, do not judge others. Stop right there. Jesus says, do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Are you ready? This is how I think the mind works, if I'm honest with you. If you don't take authority over your mind and take your thoughts captive. If you judge, I would say me, yeah? And you say, oh no, I won't use me. If you judge somebody, you will see that thing in me all the time because that's how you viewed it. And I think your mind looks for you. If you make a judgment inside and say, that person is like this, You could be correct, but that's all you'll see. So we have to let go of that judgment and say, you know what, I don't want to judge them all. You have to literally say to to yourself and say, I'm not going to judge anymore. And if Jesus says, do not judge, it must be possible. Yeah? I'm not talking about there are ways and times and seasons for judging, particularly within the church, but that's not what I'm talking. You would deal with that correctly if we stopped judging motives, if we, stopped, if we just made a decision to stop judging. Because what happens is, I think tends to happen, is we judge from how we feel inside. So oh, put it, let's put it out there. Uh, that guy's got a big nose over there, hasn't he? I judge him to have a big nose. I could be correct, but mainly it's because I'm looking at myself because I think I've got a big nose and it's an insecurity. So usually when we're judging people, we're judging from insecurity in ourselves in the first place. If I'm secure in who I am, a saint of the king, a child of God, in the family of God, and so's the person next to me, then I, in theory, I wouldn't judge And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have got a log in your own? How can you think of how can you think of saying to your friend, "Let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye" when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First, get rid of the log in your own eye, and then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your own eye. And this is what I mean about the knocking on the door of your heart and opening your heart for you and God to deal with this. Does that make sense? You have to take responsibility. On a, on, and this is forever. This isn't like, well, until Christ comes or we die, whichever. This is forever where we're checking, where am I judging? What's causing me pain? Lord, show me. Is this getting you closer to God by doing that? 
No. I'll answer it for you. No, it is not. You, you cannot get closer to God than you are right now. Does that make sense? You can't get more one. So I'm not talking about levels to get to here. I'm talking about how we live in this holy, blameless place. In this new covenant place, how we live, not how we get to this place. Yeah? Just in case. So James 5 verse 9 says, Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. Judging each other's motives isn't healthy. Judgment without first-hand account isn't healthy. Judgment without the full perspective isn't healthy. Judgment based on wrong belief or wrong thinking isn't healthy. Judgment based on negative past hurts and experiences is not healthy. And I think that's the most common one, especially when you've been in a family for a long time, you become familiar and you think, you don't even realise you've made that judgement. That's the dangerous one, really, is what I'm aiming for today. Does that make sense? I'm aiming for the judgement that we've made without even realising we've made it, and it's hurting you, it's hurting the other person, and it's having fallout with other people. Do you understand what I mean by fallout? I don't mean people are falling out. I mean there's a consequence to those things. When we've been hurt, we tend to judge a bit skew because we want to, because it makes us feel better. So today, choose not to be offended ever again. I dare you. You talk about an adventure. You talk about like, I'm going to need you, Jesus. That's it right there. (laughs) Choose to see people how God sees you. Actually, Choose to see people how they actually are and see yourself how you are. Choose trust, choose love, choose relationship. And I'm saying this, and I haven't got it together. You understand? Yeah? I'm learning that relationships are what life is all about. And there's all kinds of relationships. But they take work, they take risk, they take vulnerability. And I think one of the things that gets in our way is wrong judgment. So forgiveness, and it's not my idea, obviously, it's Jesus' idea. I have been forgiven much. I have... I have, I mean, like, even if you think I haven't been, I haven't been particularly bad, you've been completely forgiven all your past sin, all your sin right this second, and all the sin of future. So you've been forgiven much. So Jesus calls us to forgive others. And that, to me, is where it starts. So... Stuff is going to happen. We are going to misunderstand each other. It is going to be choppy. The reason why I say it's going to be choppy, and I believe this, is because we're going to go through changes, aren't we? It's already changed. Like I've joined eldership. There's already changes happening. There's going to be changes of the way we governed, you know, the, the way that leadership might function. There's going to be change. So it's going to be choppy. 
Now, we can make it probably a better choppy, or we can make it a really bad choppy. It's not going to be a storm, though. <laughs> but we could have a storm if we don't lose the pain. And when I say, I don't just mean for the others, I mean for yourself, you know, personalize it. People are going to do things that let you down and hurt, and we need to choose to forgive. And we all know the answer to how many times, right? I can't even do the maths. Can anybody else? 490. Yeah, 490, which basically means Jesus saying, forever. So I do believe there's a response. Um, I didn't want it to be dead heavy. Has it gone heavy? Or is everybody okay? <laughs> no, we're fine. We're fine. There is a response. And I don't know if we've got plans to... And I think it's a communion. It's a communion. That's what I had down. I'll, I'll go for that. I believe it's a response in communion. We have a common union together. We are the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. And in that place... We are one with each other and one with Christ. If there is judgment and you feel like God's shown something to you this morning or he shows, and you want prayer, come and get prayer. Find somebody you trust to pray with you about that. They'd love to. But also come and give it to God at the table and let it go to him and then see what happens. I've noticed in my own life, just a dead simple example, I've let go of some kind of judgment that I realized I had, and I've been amazed how I've been able to listen better. And then, therefore, have a better perspective. Not the full one, but a better one. And, and I, so this is, a, this is about freedom. We are free, but there are places that God just goes, Hi, I love you. There's just this. You might not even know about it. So that takes humility, doesn't it? So I don't know. Yeah, maybe we just do it now. As you feel led, I'll pray. As you feel led, come and take communion. Let go of any judgment you feel God's given you. And if you want prayer, pray with you. If you want people to pray with you, ask them. But give it to God. Open. <laughs> open. Um, we went to Florida. And, I, and I, anyway, it doesn't matter. You can't help it, can you? You know, like, love is an open door. Because God is love and he, he's opened doors to himself. Most of us here have opened doors to him, but there may be other doors that we just need to open in our hearts. But he also wants us to have open doors with each other. Literally. Now that takes effort and work and I'm the worst at it. I like my door shut. <laughs> Sorry, confession that I'll... That's a second. Um, so I'll pray. Is that clear? Yeah. Right, it's up to you what you do. Just one other thing. If you've never, ever opened the door to Jesus Christ, ever, and you want to do that, just join in with the prayer I'm going to pray and invite him in. So, Father, we just thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. We thank you that you have everything that is good for your children, Lord. I thank you for the cross. I thank you that you love us so much that you would die. 
Lord, that you, on a cross, that you, actually, I thank you that you'd just even become human. I thank you that you'd live a perfect life. I thank you that you would die on a cross and that I died with you and that we rose together on the third day and we sit in heavenly places together. And I want to thank you for that, Lord. I want to thank you that each person here stands before you holy, blameless, without a single fault. And Father, I just pray, would you help me see myself holy, blameless, and without fault, but see the person that I'm with holy, blameless, and without fault. Lord, Holy Spirit, would you open my eyes, would you open my heart to how you see your people who are your idea. And Father, by your Spirit, would you come now, would you fill me with your presence? Would you highlight any judgment that I have against anybody? And Lord, I just want to give it to you this morning. Hand it over to you. Forgive me for that judgment. Help me to remain away from that judgment. And Lord, forgive me for that judgment. Amen. So when you feel led, when you feel ready to just bring it to God, come and take communion and remember that Jesus is coming back and what he's done for you. And uh, open your heart and let it go.